This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. Great to be in church. Big shout out to Elk River, Maple Grove, Emmanuel at Home, and Spring Lake Park. We all get to worship Jesus together. It's such an amazing opportunity for us. And I'm very excited today because we're coming off the heels of an amazing weekend with Easter. My goodness, what God is doing in people's lives and the stories that I've heard throughout the week. And uh, we saw over 150 people give their lives to Jesus. Come on, somebody. And uh, they said, yeah, I'm trusting in you. And man, that just gets, I mean, a pastor gets a little bit hyped about that. And knowing that God's at work in people's stories is so important for me and for all of us to remember that's what we're in the business of doing. Jesus still cares about a world that's away from him, amen? And uh, every single week we get to hear the stories of life transformations of what God is doing in people's lives. And today's, I, we, we get to start a brand new series. And I can't be more excited about this series because really it talks about beyond the step of the first moment when you give your life to Jesus, what do we do next? And our series is called Redwood Faith. And I'm totally pumped to begin this series because literally every person can benefit from it. No matter your age or your story, every one of us can discover the power of a faith that survives a lifetime of ups and downs and it thrives in the best and the worst of times and provides the promises that God gives us in the Bible. So if you want that kind of joy that inflates your balloon after it gets popped in the painful moments of life, if you want the power to overcome in your spiritual battles, then Redwood Faith is a series that will provoke you to move beyond the status quo in your personal faith and in your relationships. And in a few moments, I'm going to give you four reasons that some people survive and others don't. But first, I want you to see the picture of a thriving faith that can be seen in the metaphor of the trees in the redwood forest. Now, the redwood forest, how many of you have ever seen the redwood forest, the trees? On the west coast of the United States are some of the largest and most beautiful sequoia and redwood trees in the world. They grow hundreds of feet tall, and they live hundreds of years. They're amazing. And each tree has a story. If you were to take a cross section, now this is not a redwood tree, it would be much larger, but each tree has rings in it that tell a story. And every tree does this actually, where it goes year by year by year, and some are thicker than others, but if you really study it, and the scientists know how to do this, they can tell when there was a fire or there's a drought, they can tell when a tree has gone through experiences environmentally that challenged it. And the beauty of these redwood trees is somehow they survive through it all. Each tree has a story, and each person here today, you have a story. You have a story just like these trees do. And some of us, we, we have normal years of growth, and others of us, we kind of went away for a while. And all of our information lies just like the trees, embedded in the heart of the tree, representing the autobiography of our lives. These trees do not stand alone, though. They are just like you, but they can't do it alone. They can't thrive alone. They have to do it together. And the secret of the redwoods is in how they are connected to each other. The roots of the trees go only 8 to 10 feet deep. 
but then they are connected to all the other trees in the forest. Each redwood requires environmental conditions in the air and in the soil in order for them to survive, but it's in the connection that is their secret. It is together that they withstand the storms, the wind, the fires, and the hard times. God does this with you and me. Listen, he does it with all of us. He didn't design us to live by ourselves. Turn to the person next to you and say, I can't do it by myself. <laughs> I can't. Listen to what God said after he created the first human being. He said, then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Now, I don't want you to focus on the marriage aspect of that text. Many people will do that. I want you to notice what was missing when the creator shaped the first people. Here's the truth. God created us, you, me, and every one of us, to thrive through a lifetime. But we cannot do it alone. We need others. Together is better than alone. Say that with me. Together is better than alone. And when we are isolated, we are more likely to fail or to fall and be attacked by the enemy. But spiritual relationships with others can provide help in our time of need and bring success, help us conquer, and keep us strong. Now, we all have friendships, but what we're specifically talking about in this series is spiritual relationships. Relationships that are going in the same direction. Relationships that are trusting in the same Jesus. Rooting ourselves in the same Bible and put, pursuing the same future. We need those kind of relationships in order to survive. My, uh, one of my best friends, I've talked about Lee Cummings before many times in the pulpit. He's preached at this church. He's a pastor now in, in Michigan. And Pastor Lee, one of the things about my spiritual friendship with Lee is it began years, decades ago when we were in the fourth grade. And, uh, and we just started, we, we, we hung out, we went to the same school, we hung out after school, we had a little thing where we would play basketball, and we, we had seen the Harlem Globetrotters, and we were like doing tricks and stuff on the court, and we made up our own thing, we were the Atlas Brothers. And, uh, and uh, in fact, just a couple years ago when Lee was out here to preach, he made up t-shirts for us and we played it in the backyard of my house. We played the Atlas Brothers, we're back together again. A little bit heavier, a little bit slower than we were back in the day. One of the things about Lee and my spiritual friendship with Lee is over the years, we have lived in different states, different jobs, but when we connect, it's intentional we don't only talk spiritual things, but we always include spiritual things. In other words, we're in it together. And there have been some of the lowest moments of my life, times when I didn't know if I could keep going, moments when I just didn't have the get up and go, it got up and left. <laughs> and I would call Lee, and I didn't have to um, explain myself. I just said, this is where I'm at. And just the fact that he would listen to me and pray with me was all I needed to keep going. It wasn't that he always gave me a prophetic word or that there was something supernatural happening in a phone call, but there is a power in others and the power of the relationship to other believers. And that's exactly what we're talking about. These, this power is something that you and I need. And we need it, and some of you are like, well, I have it in my house. Yes, you may have it in your house. 
But in this last year, the pandemic, we've all discovered we need something more than just in our house. Come on, somebody. We need people. We need to have that connection with others. And in this this series, I want to challenge you that the kingdom of God can use you and I that, that in a way that I don't think is optional in 2021. The toxic air of culture is eating away our purpose, the ability to be the loving and kind people that God has designed us to be. And that pandemic has pushed us away from our strength in spiritual relationships. And the kingdom of God is designed for us to thrive in the context of spiritual friendships. And I would love it if you would pursue it with me. In fact, I want to challenge you, even if you don't have those kind of relationships yet, that you would pursue them in your story. Throughout this series, we're, we're offering a group um, aspect to this, where we've got videos that are shot. I went to the Redwood Forest just outside of San Francisco a couple years ago, and we shot a video series, and uh, we're offering that to every person in our church, that if you just get one or two or three other people together, and you can watch the videos, and we'll give you the discussion guides and those kind of things, and we've got books if you want to get them, but we also got just printed out questions that you can have, it, and you can go to the lobbies in each of our locations, or you can go on our website, and you can sign up for it, and some of you are like, but I need to get in a group. And I would just say this. There are some groups that you can get in, and we will help you try to find some of those groups that are open. But I want to double dog dare you to stop waiting for everybody else to do your spirituality for you. What if you gathered together a couple of friends and you're at the same stage of life and said, hey, let's do this thing. Pastor Nate was talking about it on Sunday morning, and maybe we could do this thing. You're like, but I'm not, like, I'm not like a certified pastor. Nobody is that, okay? Can you play the stupid video? Yes, you can. Can you read the questions out? Yes, you can. So why not get rid of the excuses and start a group today? Can I get an amen to that? You can do it. Why not pull some people together, people that have been wandered off, haven't been to church for a while, maybe pull in some people that are friends of yours that you know could benefit from, from this story. I just want to encourage you to do that. Now, I want to move into where Jesus talks about how we begin the journey of developing this kind of faith. And I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 13. And Jesus is going to talk about faith that lasts in this story, just like the Redwoods. It says this in Matthew 13, starting with verse 3. He told many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds, and as he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on the footpath, and the birds came and ate them, and other seeds fell on the shallow soil with underlying rock. And the seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. And other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plant. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as, they, as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. How many of you have ears to hear? You can listen and understand. Jesus uses the example of soil and the seeds to talk to us about our own stories and longevity. He says a farmer plants seeds. Those seeds are parallels to the kingdom of God. But some seed is successful, it grows and lasts until the end. And other seed, it doesn't quite make it. This is just like many of us, if not all of us. Over the years, I've watched people of every age category where some start in their faith journey and then they quit. They've quit, and I don't know exactly all the reasons, but 
they have obstacles, they lose heart, whatever's going on, they quit. Some seem to slip away because something else got their attention and they were distracted. And others survive and thrive. Now Jesus gives us four reasons that some people survive and others don't. I want to give you those four things, and I think it will really help you today if you really catch this. Why do some people in their faith survive and others don't? He explains it going on with verse 18. It says, now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. And the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as they had planted. The first thing I want you to notice is Jesus gives the explanation is it gets snatched before it takes root. So that beginning point goes in and the seed is planted, but then it gets snatched before the roots begin to form. People who hear the message, Jesus says, but they don't understand it. And the evil one, or he uses the word birds in his illustration, come and snatch away the seed planted in people's hearts. Some people, they hear the gospel when they're a kid and they believe it. How many know kids believe it easier than we do sometimes? They have greater faith instantly. And many times kids will believe it, but their family life drove them away from the truth. When I was a youth pastor, and we see it still to this day, we'll see teenagers get on fire for God. They'll invite their friends to church. They're, the kids will get involved in the church, and then they want to be in church on Sunday morning, and they want to be there on Wednesday night and all these youth group activities. And their parents who don't go to church get really insecure or are worried about their kids. And they pull their kids out of church. Now, I've seen this enough to know it's not an isolated case. There are times when parents or families feel threatened by the spiritual growth of another person. And they push them away because they're like, uh-oh, does that mean I need to change too? And Jesus says that sometimes that seed gets planted, but then the birds come in. The enemy comes in and robs that word. Others have seed planted in their heart, but they never had someone disciple them to understand the Bible. No one to teach them. They didn't get to ask their questions, and they didn't learn about Jesus and the Bible and the kingdom of God. Others ran into life circumstances. Perhaps that's some, some of us here. And in those life circumstances, things happen where Jesus came in, but, man, the painful reality of how life is sometimes, and we wonder where God is in our pain. God, why did you do this to me? And we push God away. Many people never go beyond receiving God's gift of salvation. Listen to me. Many people never go beyond that initial moment. And because they didn't learn to understand the wisdom of God's word, they fell away. 
And I want you to not lose the progress that is happening in your life right now. I don't want it snatched from your heart. I believe the very fact that you're listening to me this far into a message says there's some kind of hunger in you. God is at work in your life. Don't let it get snatched away. In fact, take this step to to pursue those spiritual relationships, to grow in faith. That's why we're off in a group series right now, so that you can learn and understand the word more. It's absolutely vital for you. We have Alpha and other programs that are at the, the church that you could sign up for. You could even sign up for that today if you wanted to. I just want to encourage you, don't let it get stolen. Hide it and pursue the kingdom of God in your life. Four reasons some people don't. Some people survive and others don't. Second, number two, is this. Habits and people that stop the growth. There's sometimes there's habits and people that stop the growth. Jesus said in verse 20, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Rocky soil. It talks about rocky soil. People who have a real experience with God, but it doesn't last. They have an incredible time with God in a service, and it's like God is speaking directly to me. Pastor, you were saying it was like you are only talking to me right now. And it's going on, and it's real. Perhaps you've been in services or experiences where you felt God, and the emotional response was real in you, and it just came out of you. It's real. However, as soon as problems come or people make fun of you and the feeling goes away, you can find yourself no longer going to church or talking to God. What is that? Why does this happen to so many people? Jesus says it has to do with what is in the soil next to the seed. He says it's rocks, and the rocks prevent the roots from growing. Something about the rocks prevent it. You know, I'm going to talk about friends here. Friends are like elevators. They can take you up or they can take you down. How many of you have heard me say that before? But it's absolutely true. Now, not all friends are bad and not all friends are great. But you need to ask yourself the question, where are my friends taking me right now? Because it has everything to do with the success of the kingdom of God and your faith and your story. Where are your friends taking you? What about the habits that fill your time? What are you doing with your time? I don't think that God is wanting you to be like a super religious person all the time at every single part of every day. That's not what I'm talking about, being religious or being in the building at a church all the time. But I do want you to consider what you're doing with your time has an impact on your heart. I remember way back in the day when I was a youth pastor and, and uh, I had a kid that came up to me that grew up in our church and, and uh, he, he knew God, but he just didn't feel it anymore. Ever, any of you ever get to that point in your story? I know God, I've gone to church for a long time, but I just don't feel him anymore. And I told this young man, I said, hey, listen, uh, what are you listening to? He said, what do you mean? And back in the day, it was a certain radio station and different things that he was listening to and and, uh, and I said, I want to just, I want to give you a challenge. For the next three weeks, I want you to listen to nothing but worship. Shut off the other thing and just listen to worship. 
Now that seemed like, what are you talking? That's like 10 years to a teenager. Three weeks, are you serious? And, uh, <laughs> and you know what he did? He did it. And he began it. And he came up to me three weeks later, tears running down his face. And he said, I can feel God again. And all he did was change some of his habits. It's not like rocket science here, friends. You got to think about what's going in your brain that affects your emotions and your heart. There are habits that are good for us and habits that aren't. I don't even need to tell you what some of those are because I think the Spirit of God will show you. There might be some things that you do with your time or activities that you have that may not even be considered sin, but they are not taking you higher in the Lord. Things that have an impact on you. What rocks in your life can stop growth from happening? What four reasons some people survive and others don't? Number three, cares about life crowd out the love of God. Cares about life crowd out the love of God. This is what Jesus said in verse 22. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. Jesus is looking at us. How many know the creator knows us? And he understands what we're going for, through. And so he's talking. He gives us an illustration that, that's real. It's not like Jesus doesn't get us. Now, you might think your preacher doesn't get you sometimes. But I'm going to tell you the creator gets you better than I do. And I want you to hear God's word. I want you to understand there are some of us. We hear God's word and we might even be in church. But the busyness the expectations in life have a way of choking out any continued relationship with God. Too busy, too stressed, too overwhelmed to make room for what is most important. It happens to all of us. Get married, have kids, sign up the kids for sports. Now you become a taxi, an Uber driver for your children to practices and to other things. Later on in life, you buy a boat, you, you, you can afford a cabin or whatever it is that you're developing, or four-wheelers. We got some four-wheelers a couple of years ago we bought from a family member. Now all of a sudden we felt like we had to use those four-wheelers. Anybody know what I'm talking about? To justify the expense. Now we're taking off. Now all of a sudden we're following those things. And none of those things are bad until we no longer have time to be with the people that can help us keep us from falling. That's when we've tipped over the edge, friends. The pandemic has had a way of revealing our true needs. When gathering together was removed a year ago and everyone went online and we all rushed to connect via Zoom or online, I'll never forget it. It was just about a year ago where churches everywhere had huge numbers of views and people joining us online to worship and pray and connect with some, something eternal and true in the middle of the unknowns. But if we're honest, we got used to it, and it's kind of fun to go to church in our pajamas, to sing in the kitchen and in the living room. It's kind of fun, right? And I'm not, if you're a manual home right now, this is not like conviction. I'm not trying. I'm just saying that everybody's been going through this, right? Everyone has. But there is a dangerous side to this. As society reopens and people get back out there, is connection with spiritual friendships now optional? 
It's just another option. But I want you to know the accountability of two or three gathering together in prayer with Jesus is a big deal to you if you're a believer. Otherwise, the cares of the world can choke out whatever's going on on the inside. It's absolutely critical for us to lean in. Church, hear me. As your life becomes more and more full and busy, as you have more and more options to fill your time, your soil could be in danger if you stop being connected to the spiritual relationships in the body of Christ. Can I get an amen to that? I, uh, it's no secret because I've been saying this for the last eight years of an elite pastor. My dream is not that we have theater religion. We need each other in circles, not just rows. Come on, somebody. Jesus says, listen, you need other people. When two or three gather together, Jesus says, I'm there. If you're only just doing it by yourself, you're missing out on the fullness of Jesus in your life. All too quickly, Jesus says, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. Four reasons some people survive and others don't. Here's the final one. The kind of faith or seed that survives is in good soil. In good soil. What does he say in verse 23? The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much has been planted. Hear and understand God's word. What does that mean? It means being connected to God and to his family, to the church, leaning into the word of God. Jesus says that there are optimum conditions for your faith to thrive. And the kingdom of God is living and growing in and through you. I believe that that faith is best represented in the New Testament church in Acts chapter 2. Look at that with me. You see in the early church this thriving type of faith. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to care and sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. See what they're committed to, all those things? They did it together. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met what? together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Friends, the best soil is when we are together. When we're together. I want to go back to the, the autobiography of your story. I don't know what, what's going on in your relationships and your spiritual journey. I don't know if you're thriving right now or you're hurting, but I do know this. No matter what stage of life you're in, we all need the same thing. We need each other. We need roots that are connected to each other to thrive and survive. We have to. Let me ask some questions. In your autobiography, in your story of faith, where are you at? Are you thriving in connection with other believers? How is your prayer power? 
Does it include the two or three? Is there power in your prayer because you're not praying alone? How are you able to persevere? Do you feel like you're pushing through the walls of disappointment? Are there rocks that you need to deal with stopping your growth? Are there things that you just got to address, relationships or habits? And is your busyness making you vulnerable to the cares of life stomping out your joy? This is what Jesus said to pay attention to. Here's the good news. The good news is you control your own soil, the environment for growth. You can humble yourself before God and he will forgive you and renew you. You can deal with the rocks. You can deal with the thorns. And next week we're gonna talk about how to grow your roots. I hope you're ready for it because God's word shows us how to do it. I believe that God is at work in our story and I know that if we lean in, he will speak to all of us. Would you stand with us on each of our locations today? I believe that God is at work in our stories. And I just gave you straight Bible today, right? But how many know we need to listen to what Jesus says? The creator knows us best. And some of you right now, you're like, I'm in, I've got some great spiritual relationships and they're, they're helping me thrive. And I say to you, keep going. You're gonna have room for disappointment. There's gonna be moments of life where there's separation, but keep going with that. And if you've yet to have those kind of relationships, or maybe you've been hurt in previous relationships, spiritual friendships in the church. Can I just coax you to move a little bit out of your corner and get back to trying to get God's way? What if, what if you did that? What if you stepped in and you said, you know what? I'm going to build a friendship. Let me get rid of one misnomer. You don't get deep friendships overnight. Don't think that all of a sudden you're going to jump into a group and all of a sudden it's my besties day one. Almost never does that happen, okay? Friendships and relationships start with awkward. I don't know you yet, but that's the joy of the journey. We get to listen and know each other's story. And the longer and the more often we meet together, the more God develops those root systems underneath, the more we're connected to each other. And I want to encourage you today that God will help you do that. Would you just close your eyes before we move on in the service? Because I know that there are some here today that perhaps in your story, you walked with God at some point. But like Jesus said, the birds of the air came and stole it. And maybe that was just you. You heard the word, but you just ignored it. And God has been speaking to you, and there is a promise of life ahead of you if you just follow Jesus' way. And I want to encourage you today to come back home, to surrender your life to Jesus in this moment. You can do it. Others of you, you've never trusted Jesus with your life. You've never really received the word, but today something in you says, I need a relationship with God. And you know what? That's God at work in you. That's not Pastor Nate. That's God speaking to you. He loves you with an everlasting love. The scripture says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for imperfect people, sinners just like you and me. And today, he may be speaking directly to you. And I wanna encourage you, don't just hear the word, embrace the word into your life. No one's looking around, but if you say today, Pastor Nate, I need to come back to Jesus or I need to give my life to him today, 
I want to pray with you. And if, if that's you, can you just put your hand up and say, that's me, Pastor Nate. I need to come back to Jesus or I need to give my life to him. I need to do it. I need to do it today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every single week, we've, we've had hundreds of people over the last month, but people are giving their lives to Christ. Perhaps you're online and you want to notify it on, 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 on the chat right next to what you're watching. You can do that right now. It doesn't matter where, who, where you are, who you are. Jesus cares about you. In fact, I want to lead you in a prayer right now. I want to I lead you in this prayer because I believe that you can embrace the word and Jesus can make you new and have a fresh start today. And I want to give you words to pray, but you got to pray it yourself. And uh, just pray this out loud after me. If you raise your hand or you're giving your life to Jesus, you're coming back to him. And everybody else, you can join right in too. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came to the earth. You died on the cross for my sin. And then you rose from the dead. Today, I give up and surrender to you. I believe that you're the son of God. And I believe that you're my future. So I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. Help me to guard the seed to grow in faith, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Somebody give the Lord some praise, amen. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. To learn more about the many ministry opportunities we have throughout the week, be sure to check out emmanuelcc.org.